So this uh, unrest in Israel has made me want to learn more about the history of Israel. So I found a podcast called Martyr Made, and uh, it's supposed to be the, an impartial history of Israel. So I'm going to tell you some stuff about uh, what led up to Israel, and then Israel itself. So the first thing is, I think I figured out why people hate the Jews. Now, I tried to look that up on Google once. You know, why do people hate the Jews? You know, maybe they'll say something about... Jews killing Jesus or whatever. I don't think that's the right answer. The reason why people hate the Jews is because the Jews kept to themselves for, you know, over 2,000 years. So, like, a Jewish man would marry a Jew Jewish woman and they'd have Jewish kids and just repeat. You know, they never married a Christian and, you know, converted over to Christianity. They always stayed Jews. And even though they'll tell you today that diversity is a good thing, um, turns out people like people who are like themselves, and uh, they do not like people who are different, other people. And so the Jews were always different than, you know, wherever they were, they were different from the people around them, because they stayed Jews. And so right now, I've only listened up to uh, World War One, but uh, there's various things in this story. It reminds me of like, you know, if there's a kid who's uh, the victim of child abuse, you feel sorry for the kid, you know, and you want to help that kid. And if there's like a man who's the perpetrator of child abuse, you know, you hate that man and you want to hurt him. But then sometimes the abused child grows up and becomes the child abuse perpetrating man. So, you know, things are always a little more complicated than you think. So I'm going to give you some dates, and I could be off by 100 years. I might say A.D. when I mean B.C. Um, be warned. So Jews, I guess they lived in Jerusalem a lot back in the day. So around 700 B.C., the Jews are in Jerusalem, and then they left. There's probably a war with someone or something. And... Uh, they came back to Jerusalem at 500 B.C. You know, so that's 2,500 years ago, like the year negative 500. And then around 50 A.D., so, you know, 50 years after the birth of Christ, um, the Romans were in that area. And the Jews were not, uh, whatever, they're not playing ball the way the Romans like. Like, the Romans were pretty nice to a lot of the places that they kind of ruled. You know, they kind of let the local people control themselves within reason, and so on. But the Jews would not play ball. They were unruly. And so the Romans kicked the Jews out of Jerusalem. And that lasted for almost 2,000 years. Makes me think of that Mel Brooks movie. I think it's called History of the World Part 2, where uh, there's like some, whatever, locals who are ruled by the Romans sitting around talking, and they're like, Man, I hate these Romans. And the other guy's like, yeah, me too. Like, what? And the first one's like, well, what have these Romans ever done for us? And the guy's like, well, they did build the roads. And he was like, well, yeah, you're right. Okay, they built the roads. But besides that, what have these Romans ever done for us? And like, well, they built the hospital. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, besides the roads and the hospital, what have these Romans ever done for us? You get the idea. And so it seems like from... There on, for the next 2,000 years, the Jews went, sounds like they went north, you know, 
went and lived in various uh, places that we now call Europe. So I think they lived in all over Europe, but from what I'm gleaning is that uh, a lot of them lived in Eastern Europe, like Russia, maybe Poland, places like that. And so this uh, podcast I'm listening to, he's talking about, I think in the early 1880s, he's talking about these pogroms, P-O-G-R-O-M, that happened in uh, Russia. And a pogrom is kind of like a race riot, except way, way worse. There are like hundreds of these in Russia, I think, or uh, almost a hundred of them. And basically the non-Jews, I guess they're Christians, they would just grab clubs, grab knives, and then they would, uh, they would just go kill the Jews, man, woman, children, you know, rape the women, dismember them, burn down their houses. So it was no joke. It was, uh, it was not easy to be a Jew back then in certain places. Like I was saying, just because you're mistreated doesn't always make you a nice person. So Jews were kind of known for becoming anarchists and uh, communists. Like a lot of Jews came to America, I think, in the late 1800s. And, you know, all of a sudden they're trying to start a union at your local factory or whatever. And people did not appreciate that. So they were a different kind of person who looked different and, you know, kept to themselves and also kind of, they were kind of revolutionary and uh, were kind of starting stuff. You know, basically like, like in the pogroms, the governments of the countries are always like, okay, everyone, no more pogroms. And then a pogrom would happen and the Jews would be like, hey, you know, police, hey, military, can you help us out here? And then, uh, the governments would not help them. So you can imagine the Jews are like, uh, this government's got to go pretty much wherever they went. I mean, they were in America and, you know, America wasn't too fond of communists. So, you know, America was, I think that's why Americans to this day do not like them as we, we really started hating them in the late 1800s because they were different and communist and whatnot. So let's head back to Europe. So like France, Britain, Germany, they had they had Jews, and uh, they were doing great. Like, those Jews were very successful. You know, they were, like, college professors. There was the, the Rothschild family, which is, like, one of the richest families in history. That was in Britain, I think. Um, they were doing good. So, in 1895, in France, there was a Jewish-French officer named Dreyfus. And somehow, okay, someone saw like a note that was being passed to Germany. That was like France's enemy. Someone was like passing secrets to Germany, and this Dreyfus guy got blamed. And it turns out he was innocent, but the military just like wouldn't back down, and there was court case, whatever. It just, it inflamed the whole country into, I think they're called Dreyfusards and anti-Dreyfusards, or something like that. Rhymes with retard. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But anyways, France got divided kind of down the middle. Like Some people are like, I don't care if this Jew gets railroaded for something he didn't do. And other people are like, you can't throw, someone, you can't throw an innocent man in prison. And it kind of divided the country. Uh, I think some violence ensued. But uh, it gave some Jews the idea that, you know, maybe even living in France ain't the greatest thing. So in 1896, there was a writer named Herzl in France, and he uh, 
he wrote like a paper saying that the Jews should uh, create the country of Israel, you know, where Jerusalem is. And the Jews back then were divided. Um, you know, if you were a well-to-do Jew in Britain, basically, you wanted to just stay like that. That was perfect. And if you were a communist rabble-rousing Jew, wherever you are, well, you probably wanted to take over your country. But then there was also another kind of Jew, which was the Zionists, who wanted to create the country of Israel. And the Zionists were uh, actually split into two types. There was, I think it was the political Zionists and the practical Zionists. And the political Zionists just wanted to go gung-ho and whatever, I guess probably use violence and do whatever they had to do and uh, go create the country of Israel. And the practical Zionists are like, that ain't going to work. We need to not piss off the Arabs that are there. We need to not piss off Britain and probably any other country. We need to we need to keep this on the down low. So they started buying land in Palestine, Israel. I guess they started in the 1880s, so they've been doing this for a little while, but you know, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a thing. But uh somewhere in there, you know, somewhere around 1900 they created something called the Jewish National Fund. I guess it's a corporation. And like Jews around the world have these little blue and white boxes. They're piggy banks. And you'd like put your pennies in it. And once the box was full, you'd send it into the Jewish National Fund. And then the Jewish National Fund would go buy land in Palestine. And originally when the Jews were buying land there, you know, just one person would go buy some land. Um, they would let Palestinians like work on the land, you know, maybe they'd buy a farm or something and the Palestinians would work on the farm and everything was pretty happy as far as I can tell at that point. But the Jewish National Fund had a rule that said, I mean, obviously they bought it for, they bought it for Jews to live on, but the land that they bought also only Jews could work on that land. And when that started happening, the Arabs that lived there were like, they started to take note. Like, huh, something's going on here. Something, something fishy. Something ain't right. So about this time, uh, World War One was popping off. And I'll tell you, I listened to a multi-hour podcast on, on just the very beginning start of World War One, And to this day, I can't tell you what happened. It's crazy. But anyways, World War One popped off. And when, you know, there's wars, stuff can change. And so apparently Britain is, you know, desperately fighting Germany. I guess Britain wasn't doing that good versus Germany. Germany had the better army. And acetone was needed to make um, explosives. It needed to make weapons. So acetone, nail polish remover. And Britain was running out of acetone. And they're, you know, desperately fighting Germany and not doing that good. So the British went to uh, this this Jewish uh, professor, I think at Cambridge, must have been a chemistry guy or something. Anyways, they're like, hey, we're running out of acetone, can you help us? And uh, 
this Jewish guy, his name was Weissman. Uh, he had a way of making acetone that uh, allowed Britain to start making weapons like crazy again. Which, you know, made them a lot happier. And so Weissman got moved up into the kind of military slash political structure and he became a big deal. And Weissman was also a Zionist. And this is a real butcher job of what happened, but basically he became friends with the right people and he got what's called the Balfour Doctrine, whatever, signed by Britain. Now, let's talk about Christians here. So there's something in the Bible that's like when the Jews retake their the land of Israel, then, I don't know, that means God exists and that's what, you know, that was a prophecy that God said and anyways it's a good thing for Christians when the Jews retake Israel so there's a number of Christians like in Britain who supported this Zionism stuff whatever for their own religious reasons so Weissman had friends who you know high up friends who wanted the same stuff as him Christians and as the war is going on like every country is you know they're like they're like grabbing people from their colonies and like throwing a gun in their hand and just you know sending them out as a frontline shock troops and like I mean every country is just doing absolutely whatever they can and at that time the muslim world was the ottoman empire so it was kind of, it was controlled by turkey and it basically controlled everything from turkey down to uh i think it stopped at egypt and it stopped at Iran, so all the Arabs, but not Iran, not Egypt. And I guess the, I don't know if they're called allies, but anyways, like Britain and France or whatever, they got the Ottoman Empire. Whoops, that ain't right. Germany got the Ottoman Empire to attack Russia, because that's what it was. It was Britain, France, and Russia against Germany, roughly. And so Germany got the Ottoman Empire to attack Russia from their on their southern border so that it would divide Russian troops and help Germany out. And so the Balfour Doctrine, I didn't say, that was... Britain said that, uh, you know, Palestine and Israel would be a homeland for the Jews. Like, they, they specifically said it wouldn't be a country for the Jews, it would be like a homeland for the Jews. So, whatever that difference is. And then... Britain talked to the Arabs, and they got them to attack the, basically the Turkey, the North, the, the you know the Ottoman Empire above them, the Turkey part that ruled them, and so they, the Ottoman Empire got split. And then to go quickly, uh, World War World War One ends, and France and Britain sign a deal saying that France gets all the Arab countries like Syria and Jordan. So now they're sitting these like piece of paperwork that says that France gets a bunch of stuff and the Jews get to, you know, go get to live in Israel, but they don't get to have their own country. And then the, the Jews, you know, almost Israelis now, um, even though Britain doesn't want them to go create Israel, 
like America gets involved and America doesn't want them to go create Israel. Um, they're just like really good at negotiating stuff. And so we're about to have the country of Israel, I think. But anyways, that's where I stopped listening to the podcast. So I guess that's where I'll stop this podcast.